You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, I want to throw this out here to all you audio-only listeners. Come check us out on YouTube. We've been talking about this for a while. Uh, I got new digs, sort of. I mean, I've had this office for a little bit, but now I got stuff on the walls. It was about time. If you look over to my shoulder, there's a little uh, Walter Payton. Uh, Patrick Sheldon, he'll be here in a second. I know he loves this. He's wearing the all-whites, buddy. The white on white. Yes. Yes, he is. I uh, love it. There's a Chicago skyline over there. I got my Maddie Forte jersey and I got to represent my Port Adelaide power, pow, 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 the PAFC um, uh, over to this this side. Man, I'm flipped around, whatever it is. The Bears lose. I'm more excited about talking about my office and my new digs than I am about that. Patrick Sheldon. If you want to find Patrick Sheldon on Twitter, it's at P underscore shells. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Ryan Dengel. That's D E N G E L shells. Don't talk about the bears. Don't, don't, don't tell me about the Chicago bears. Tell me how you are doing my friend. Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. I, I, uh, I really like those all white uniforms and I've been seeing a lot of, uh, since the passing of Dick Buckus, they've been showing a lot of old highlights of Dick Buckus and they wore the all whites a lot back then. And I think they should bring them back. I think they look fantastic. Uh, maybe not with this football team. Maybe we'll wait till we get good <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, something like that. Uh, let's bring in Jack Wright. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, it's at Bear Down Jack. Jack, don't talk about the Chicago Bears. Tell me how you're doing, buddy. I'm a little tired. My niece got married this past weekend. Uh, so congratulations to now Jordan Mazar and her husband Dylan. It was, I mean, it's just joyful, just joyful. Maybe you saw my kids all, all dressed up and oh, my daughter Peyton, just, um, just beautiful. It was great. It was amazing. Amazing. Uh, it, it, it's crazy, man. I've seen your kids grow up before my very eyes. And, mm-hmm. you know, now that I've got to, I know that's going to happen with all my friends. Um, just totally different stages, man. Yeah. Your kids are, they're like mini adults, dude. It's crazy. It, well, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how. I mean, I, I think I get, there's two things that really irk me. I don't know. You'll get this too. Both of you probably get this already. But the one is when somebody like maybe a little bit older generation says, you really got to cherish it. It goes fast. And I, like my internal voice is, no, no shit. It goes fast. I'm well aware. Right? <laughs> or like shows, both of you really will understand this one. Or if you're out of the market someplace and the kids are super little. And like someone's like, oh, you got your helpers with you. And my, my internal voice is, you you think these little a holes are helping at all? <laughs> yeah. They're not helping anything. You want them? Oh. You can have them for a little while. Yeah. I mean, I love my kids, but you know exactly what I mean. I, People who make those comments have never had kids, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, it's it's cr- especially, and I've been telling everybody this. Brendan, we'll get to you in a second. We'll bring you on the show in a second. But it's. Two kids is significantly more kids than one kid. Like, oh my God, <laughs> like yeah. everything. Like, like, oh, we can leave in 45 minutes from our oh. house. Like, that's totally going to happen. No, it's not. No, it's not. All right. We've been left him back there. 
Oh, oh dude, gosh. forget about it. We've left him back there for too long. It's Brendan Shagru, the assistant editor of Bears Wire. Uh, Brendan Shagru, if you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Brendan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Brendan, same thing. Do not talk to me about the Chicago Bears yet. Tell me how you are doing. I'm pretty good, guys. This has been a good day. Like we had, yeah. uh, we I had some uh, some of my buddies over, um, some high school buddies. Um, so I've, I've I think I've talked about this. One of my friends, we watch pretty much every game together. He comes over and he's totally cool with me writing. Um, and then one of our other friends came over and we just we were playing bags. We were playing some twenty one basketball in the driveway. We were playing some street, you know, um, some street football. It was good. My legs hurt, but this was fun. Like it was very therapeutic. I kind of like walked back into the house and I'm like, I feel okay talking about the bears. Cause that was a fun time. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. All things considered. I mean, the game still sucked obviously, but I had a very good Sunday. So I was trying to avoid talking about it, but since you brought it up, we uh, and, and the first comment right out of the gates from our good friend Heidi, am I going to feel more depressed tonight? I think we're going to try to have some fun tonight. We are going to talk about some things that are not so great. Um, and you know what, man, uh, here we go. Yet another comment uh, from our, our buddy Isaiah. Isaiah, it's good to see you, dude. Uh, is Eberflus on the hot seat? God, I hope so. Jack, maybe we'll argue with that one a little bit. We'll get into it. I promise we will get into that one for <laughs> sure. Jack, I, I know we've been dancing around this for a little while. Can you talk to us a little bit about Sheridan's and Hensel's? Yes. Let's go with the tried and true first. Uh, you're all very familiar by now that Sheridan's Barbershop is located in one place, Wheaton, Illinois, but there's another place. That's a tease for you radio folks. I'll bring that up here in just a minute. But Wheaton, Illinois has been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. And they have appointments in Wheaton available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan's barbershop.com, or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Or, and this is exciting, we're really excited for, I mean, Will is not only a, you know, a supporter of the show, he's just a, a good friend of ours. Hey, BT Dubs, I got t-shirts for you guys. So the next time I see you, I will give you t-shirts that were given to me from Will. So um, they've added a new spot and it's in Naper Thrill. I call it Naper Thrill. It's Naperville. Um, Hensel's Barbershop, uh, which is located in downtown Naperville, has been open since 1966. They've got six barbers available there. They're open Tuesdays through Saturday, and they will accept walk-in appointments, or you can go to Hensel'sBarber.com. And Hensel's is H-E-N-C-Z-E-L-S. In both spots, Sheridan's and Hensel's is where traditional meets modern. It's so cool. It's so exciting. Uh, some of those people that were really far south burbs were like, ah, I don't want to go to Wheaton. Go to Naperville. It's a little bit closer for you, so you got that going for you, which is nice. Boys, it is time to talk about the football game. We got to talk about the 1-5 in five Chicago Bears. They're stinky. They're not good. Uh, how you break this game down, I'm not exactly sure, which we'll get to all those thoughts and opinions. But, Brendan, is there a breakdown this week? You guys, come on. Why Why do you even have to ask? You know I always come through except when it's last week when I only had like 10 minutes to prepare. But yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll do a breakdown. All right. So let's get this set up. I'm excited. I'm excited because – the Bears are really bad, but Brendan always makes me laugh at least once. No pressure, Brendan, but always at least once. 
Let's hear it, baby. We go to the mistake by the lake that is Soldier Field where the Chicago Bears welcome in the Minnesota Vikings. One and four versus one and four. Disappointment versus disappointment. Cold versus cold. You get the picture. But the Bears did a phenomenal job honoring the late great Dick Butkus. No, not with their jersey patches, but by setting the game of football back 50 years with their play. Because let me tell you, folks, this one, um, this one, uh, this one didn't have a lot going on early on. Uh, let's see. Um, it's a couple runs, uh, some hits, a couple of you feel field, few field goals. Uh, oh, wait, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift were on the SNL last night? No way. Man, that's definitely real. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me get back. Uh, oh, here we go. Got it. After a 6-6 tie, Kirk Cousins subs unloaded a meatball to Jordan Addison Ray, who did a TikTok dance into the end zone for the touchdown to make it 12-6. Then things got interesting in the second half when Justin, you don't know how my thumb feels, hurt his hand and left the game, which meant it was Tyson's secret agent man was tasked with a mission come in and lead a comeback but instead of looking like james bond he looked like michael scarn after he fumbled the ball which was scooped up by jordan john hicks who went on a killing spree down the sideline for the score but the bears weren't out of it just yet deontay red foreman shoved his foot so far up the minnesota's defense's ass that he was knocking on the reds end zone door and Bajan pushed it down to get the Bears within one score, 19 to 13. But Bajan's mission failed ultimately when he was compromised by the good doctor, Sean Byron Murphy, who sealed the game. Minnesota 19, Bears 13. I love I need, Brendan Chagru. I love I Brendan Chagru. I need context. Who is the other agent that you mentioned that is disreputable? Uh, Michael Skarn. Help me out. Oh, the office. Really? Oh. Oh, wow. okay. Wow. Agent Sorry. Michael Scarn. No, no, I got it now. Red Level I Midnight. Just, yeah. Red Level Midnight. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I, I let me tell you, I have been waiting months to drop in Deontay Red Foreman, and I was really hoping he was going to score on that, uh, that run he had because I just wanted to say he shoved his foot up the defense's ass so far. I, uh, that's bad, 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 bad. All right, boys, let's do this. Let's go around the horn and let's talk about, uh, overall thoughts on the game, uh, the good, the bad, what, however you want to see it. Um, Brendan, I know last week you did an awesome job of breaking it down by quarters, which we absolutely positively can't do. But I, like you said in your phenomenal, phenomenal breakdown, wasn't a whole heck of a lot going on. Um, so boys, let's do this. Your just general thoughts on the game. Let's go shells, Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru, and I will finish it up overall thoughts boys uh yeah it, you know what struck me and i think we chatted a little bit about it on the texturing was Eberflus talked about how aggressive they wanted to be coming out of the second half against the commanders last week and then this week it seems like they went back to week one and two took their their foot off the gas um and played really conservatively that there, there was the run on third and seven that would have made sense had they gone for it on fourth down and and they didn't right they kicked like a 53 or 54 yard field goal which santos made but uh it was just a lot of questionable play calling again um you know not the aggressiveness that i was hoping to see coming off of last week's performance with the commanders overall it's just another another disaster like i i'm running out of things to say about how awful this team produces on the field week in and week out i i just you know it's just like we could probably just cut and paste a lot of the comments that we've we've uh made over the last few weeks and insert them into this show because i i feel like we just keep repeating ourselves and 
Uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's what this organization is doing. If the goal is to be as in, as inconsistent as you can humanly be, uh, if the goal is to give your fans euphoric highs one week and then just an absolute kick in the nubbins so that your stomach and chest hurts the next week, then goal achieved. You did it, Bears. <laughs> you you did it. You you win, I guess. Um, yeah, the inconsistency is just a little mind-boggling. I mean, shame on me for thinking that we might string a couple games together and there might be some momentum off of last week's success. And to not have any, I, I don't know, I'm with shells a little bit. It hurts my brain to think about why. Now I just, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I'm bummed. I'm disappointed. It was an excruciatingly difficult game to watch. I'm tired of watching excruciatingly difficult games, especially after what we saw last week, which was so incredibly enjoyable. Do you remember last year after the Thursday game when Matt Eberflus and his staff actually made different adjustments? They went into New England and they had a competent game plan. The first play after having 10 days off, after a big win, getting that monkey off their back, they let a free rusher come in and just destroy Justin Fields. And you knew that this team, coached by Brian Flores, defensive coordinator, was going to bring the heat. And you are, had already seen something like that against the Buccaneers earlier this year. So it boggles the mind that it was that surprising to this offensive staff that they were so woefully unprepared for what Minnesota was going to bring. We all knew it was coming. I mean, if you looked at all the blitz percentages and what – this defense was capable of doing. Everybody could have said, hey, you're going to need a bunch more 12 personnel. Maybe just keep the ball on the ground more than anything. And at times they did, but just at the wrong times. And the thing that really irks me is that this offense, after looking so good against very average to very below average defenses the last few weeks, resorted back to the same issues that it had before. Fields wasn't necessarily decisive with his throws before he exited the game. Guys, you know, maybe guys weren't open, but he's not peppering DJ Moore like he was before. I just don't understand how you get 10 days of rest and 10 days of game planning, especially after you've done a lot of things right and you go in with that performance to not score an offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter. Once again, like how many times have we seen this this year? And the the, the real thing that actually explained what I was going to get to is that this wasted such a good defensive performance for the first time all season. I think you could look at this defense and say they were playing to, you know, what they should be with the personnel that they have. I mean, the linebackers were good. The pass rush was decent. Yes. The Vikings didn't have their top option, but still they held them to 12 offensive points. That's more than enough. That is way more than enough for your offense to say, yeah, we can handle that. So just woefully unprepared for as much time as they needed. Um, yeah, but uh, Shells is right. You just, after so many times, after so many games, you're saying the same thing over and over. Like, it sucks to talk about. And um, it's uh, it, it's very discouraging that we're at week six already. It's only week six, mind you. And everybody's just like, tank for whoever, just focus on the draft. I'm sick and freaking tired of playing seasons for the draft. 
Okay. I'm not going into a season and having a couple good games and saying, all right, pack it in. Let's wait till April. I'm done with the off season. I want to actually enjoy an NFL season with my favorite team. So that's, it's, it's frustrating. Brian Flores knows what he's doing. He's been a head coach. Uh, there was a situation obviously in Miami that, that had him not uh, being the head coach anymore, but, but he knows what he's doing. He's a phenomenal defensive coordinator and he just ran Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus around in circles. Uh, just some of the decision-making again, you know, so while I don't think it was just play calling that I put on Luke Getze, but he was terrible at it. Um, but there's also just like some, the, the whole two minute warning thing. Like why, why are you rushing? You know, when, when it's really, you should be taking your time trying to score as much as possible at the very end of the game there. Just, he just, Matt Eberflus, I just don't get it. Jack, I do want to come to you with this one because, you know, you know you know the question that I'm going to ask. It, it was in our text thread. Do you still believe – Luke Etsy aside, right, because I, I, have, I, have, I have a true-false for him in just a second. So, please, just leave him aside. Matt Eberflus, do you still think that this is the guy moving forward? Let, let me just concede two points out of the gate that it's very – I mean, very possible – that it's wrong guy, wrong place, wrong time. We've talked about yeah. that. A defensive-minded head coach, probably not the best in this situation. Let me concede the fact that his record is terrible. <laughs> I mean, there's no denying that, okay? Uh, what what are his fireable offenses besides that at this point? Uh, I'm going to take all of last year off the table. In fact, I'm going to even give him some pluses for the way that he conducted the team last year in the – Mits of just awfulness and a stripped down roster. And it's going to sound like I'm being an apologist. I'm just, I'll just, I'll just play the contrarian for the sake of it. And partially because I believe it, but um, what, like, what do you want from him? I mean, the, the dude doesn't have a DC. He lost his DC a couple of weeks ago. So he's the head coach and he's the defensive coordinator. And as Brendan just said, uh, I think schemed a good game last week and held the team to 12 points uh, this week while being the defensive coordinator and the head coach. Uh, you know, I, I will leave gets you to the side, but only just to suffice to say, while your offensive coordinator, it, you know, I, I don't can't chew gum and walk apparently. Uh, I, I think th they still play spirited for him. I think they still, they had their entire defense, uh, I believe healthy today. Uh, and I, and I think they played pretty darn good defense. So I guess I would put it back to you all. Like what like what are the specific fireable offenses? Record off the table. Maybe this is a dumb argument. I don't know. Record off the table. Um is it another situation, a Dick Turan or a Lovey Smith, where you possibly have a competent defensive-minded head coach, but no OC to speak of? And so your team just sucks and can't move the ball. And so you're not going to ever gain traction. And the last thing I'll say, and I do want to hear what you guys say. I'll just admit, I have a bias because I don't understand the, just the, the knee jerk fire the coach and shit will be right afterwards. And I know it comes from the fact that I coached and I know the time that these dudes spend and I know how much they care and I know how much they're in the building. And I know the relationships they build with these players and I, and I don't always think that the answer is just to be like, pull the plug on this guy and let's go to the next guy. I, I find that to be, I don't know. I just, I find that to be a little bullshit, to be honest with you. Um, and I think in this case, especially perhaps just a symptom of a larger problem. 
Jack, you may have you may have answered the question <clears throat> when you said, you know, maybe he's the wrong guy at the wrong time because of his background. I think a lot of our issues come with uh, maybe an expectation that as the head coach, everything lays at his his feet. But there is so much wrong with the offense that seems kind of patently obvious to the casual observer. And maybe he doesn't, he's not comfortable enough. He's not, you know, he, he really powers down to Getsy. But at some point as the head coach, if you're responsible for everything from A to Z for that team, you got to go in and be like, what the shit, man? Um, you got to make the decisions to to fix it. If you don't like what your, your offensive coordinator is doing, then go tell them to do something different. Um, if you want a, an aggressive team, like you said you did coming out of the at a halftime against the Commanders, then go tell Getsy to be more aggressive. If you don't think Justin Fields is the quarterback and you want Tyler Bajan, put in Tyler Bajan. If you want to, you, you don't want to see three consecutive screens uh, with short yardage to go. Go tell Getsy to get your head out of your ass and stop calling these chicken shit plays, or fire him and bring in another guy. Like at the end of the day he's accountable and he's responsible for all the things that happen at Hallis Hall and with this football team. And maybe everything is not his fault, but it does feel like there is something he can do. He just hasn't done anything. Uh, and that's the frustrating part to me is the lack of preparation too. the, the, this is now, <clears throat> we had the whole off season against green Bay and we have this 10 day sort of mini buy and they've come out flat and looking like absolute dog water in both of those games. That to me is a head coach issue. That to me is a head coach. If it, as a defensive guy, like you said, Dangle, he should know what Brian Flores intends to do. Maybe you just go knock on, hey Luke, uh, what you got? What you got schemed up this week for uh, Flores and his his crazy blitzes? What, what, are, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are we gonna do? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I was thinking some bubble screens, maybe. Uh, what do you What do you think? Uh, how about three screens in three consecutive plays? Oh, and how about this? The snaps are awful too. <laughs> yes, love it. Why are we the only team in the okay. NFL who can't find a center who can snap the football? By the way, okay. Like, we're scooting around it. So, so I, yeah. I I came in prepared for this one, and gentlemen, I want to show a picture before we go any further. So. You are all looking, and most of you have no idea what that is. I just think that's a jawline right there, right, boys? Oh, wow. uh, for all of you audio-only listeners, I'm throwing up a picture of Andrew Jonico. Uh, he is a 35-year-old uh, quarterbacks coach from, well, he played at Pitt uh, from 2007 to 2010. He was primarily a backup. He's a lefty. I think that's interesting. Uh, he's coached with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Minnesota Vikings. He coached at Rutgers and some university. I couldn't even say the name of if I tried. Um, and so I want to see if, if, if this guy can just do something, anything better. Uh, so for our first true false in a while, boys, uh, true or false, Andrew Jonico uh, should get a chance to call plays this season. Uh, so for this one, let's go Shells, Jack, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Dangle, can you humor me and put his picture up there real quick? Oh, I got you, buddy. I just got you. Does he maybe look like an AI-generated quagmire? Or yeah. am I going crazy? 100%. I threw up, I put this on Twitter and <laughs> oh, I also, giggity, giggity. <laughs> um, 
I okay. definitely, definitely had someone uh, post that uh, on Twitter when I posted his picture today. Did they? Yeah. I'm I just... mean, that jawline, that is a, that, you know what? Yeah. If his, if he calls plays anything as bold as his jawline, guys, That's Super right. Bowl, Super Bears, Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, I, I've, I've seen him before. I just, it never struck me until you put up that picture. I was like, my God, that's uh that's quagmire. Um, yeah, he should, he should get a chance to call plays. Like it, it's sort of the same, uh, the same philosophy I have with the head coach. Everybody's like, ah, you can't remove the head coach. Who's going to be the head coach? Who cares? You can't, it cannot get any worse. It literally can't like, what, what, are, what are we holding out, uh, hope for with Getsy? What are we, why are we reluctant to give somebody else a chance? It's not like you're moving to a new offensive system. Presumably the scheme, the system's going to be the same. There may be nuances that Janoko introduces, but really it's about the calls and the rhythm and the understanding of down and distance and the situation and um, getting your, your team in, in a rhythm. Uh, and we don't see that. We haven't seen that, you know, say for the last two weeks, but we generally haven't seen that from Lugetti. And, and so why wouldn't we give him a shot? Like, I don't know. It feels like the, the, the Bears, um, they're so reluctant to make changes midseason, no matter what it is. And it it it's baffling to me. Um, because it's just continuing to do something for the sake of doing it. It I don't know. I, I mean, guys, to me, Luke Getze is not a good offensive play caller. He's just not. And we can we can, you know, do this dance for another eight, nine, ten weeks or whatever <clears throat> until they ultimately get fired, or we can see what we got in Janoko, and if he is anything, hell, maybe he's one of the brightest offensive minds in the NFL, and we don't know about it because he's sitting on the sidelines as a quarterback's coach and not getting a shot. But we know Luke Getzing ain't the guy, um, so why not give him a shot and find out if Janoko is? Me or Brendan? Jack, it's you, and I'm very anxious to hear because exactly of what you just said mm-hmm. about firing the guy isn't necessarily the thing, but he's he's yeah. not good. He's he's had a couple couple good games here and there, but but he's he's bad at it. He's bad at play calling, and he's so obstinate about these stupid ass screens. So mm-hmm. so so Jack, I am very curious to hear your thoughts. True or false? Yeah, I mean, I'd say true, and it's more less about whether or not, you know, um, like Jawline gets to call plays, and it's more just about not having Luke Getze call the plays, honestly. I mean, we now have a clearly – I mean, it's almost like – looks like it's digitally imposed, like – or that he had, like, augmented jaw it's, surgery. Anyway. It's um, right off the, the Bears website. I yeah, promise you I haven't um, altered it in any way. Yeah, can't take my eyes off of it. What we have is a clear pattern. Let's face it, uh, a well-played, a, a well-called game by Luke Getze is the exception and not the rule. Or put it another way, give him 10 games to call. He will call it right one and a half times. I mean, I think we now have a, a full body of work to analyze and think about. And even if we want in our hearts to see something like last week, we come out this week and get uh, the disjointed, you said obstinate, uh, lack of rhythm, no lack of shots downfield. How long have we been talking about that for crying out loud? Uh, last week was easy game plan. Find DJ Moore, throw DJ Moore the ball. Now, I do think they were like, they were co- double covering DJ Moore, but nonetheless. 
So yeah, I mean, I think I think we now know what we have in Getsy. That's not to say that he he couldn't improve. I suppose if he continued at the job, but um, I agree, he's not a good play caller. Hey, uh, do you know what play Andrew Janoko would call for his first one? No. Oh, <laughs> <All> wides. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just want to talk like Quagmire now. <laughs> um. I gotta I hold was, up just, just one more time. <laughs> just giggity, think about giggity, 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 guys, giggity. <laughs> oh, so, oh, he might be like the nicest guy in the world, you know, and I just feel yeah. bad. Sorry, buddy, but you got a job, bro. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to maybe take the contrarian. I'm going to say false with a caveat. Um, one, and it's to what Jack said before, you don't know that things are just automatically going to get better. And I do think Luke gets he's not good. He's had a couple good moments and a couple good series, and then he just goes to crap. It's like he just can't call a consistently good game. I also think that's hard for any NFL team. We are so zeroed in on the Bears. I think if we looked at a magnifying glass to what the Vikings were doing and then with other teams, we could say the same thing. So it's just I, I think we do get just very focused in what the Bears are doing. Uh, that being said, maybe – bring him in on something like a passing game coordinator and start to like, you know, divvy up some responsibilities. Like maybe don't take it all off Luke Getzey's plate, but bring him in and just, you know, give him some help. Cause clearly he can't do it either. Um, maybe some of that is situational. If there's somebody else in, upstairs, because Luke likes to be on the sidelines. If there's somebody upstairs kind of in his ear, like, Hey Luke, maybe let's just not do this or whatever that could get complicated. I, I just don't know that, having a quarterback's coach that really hasn't done this much and putting them in halfway through the season is the right answer at this point. But I know I get what you guys are saying. Like, why not try? Why not, you know, just go with something different because we know what the result has already been with this, you know, other person, but you still have half a season left to go. And these guys are trying to make a livelihood out of, out of here. It could get worse. So maybe just bring it, you know, take a little bit off his plate and let somebody else kind of, you know, get, more situational awareness in there. Um, I, I worry about having too many people in uh, somebody's ear. I think that could be kind of rough, but maybe in this case, it makes sense. I just go back to other situations. Like, you know, the most obvious situation was Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor. Bill Lazor had previous play calling experience before he had done it. He's even though he wasn't great, he at least, you know, you knew that you could pass the baton to him and not much was going to change. And yes, in some cases it got better, we just don't know with this guy. And I just don't know if I'm ready to take that risk fully yet. I, I will say that we've said this a lot on this podcast. We forget sometimes that these guys are real human beings and they have real feelings and all that. But with that being said, I don't care. Um, and I, and I mean that uh, because when you get to this level, you you when you cross that line from high school to college uh, to to the pros, you have to have an understanding that this is a business and it is a production business. If you don't produce, you're going to lose your job. And he hasn't produced, <laughs> and so he's gone. I mean, I I I don't I don't think there's anyone in, on this planet that says Luke Getzey should have a job next year. I mean, this this coaching staff as a whole has won four football games in two seasons. You, you can't stick around when, when you're that terrible at, at what you do now, you know, I, I want to throw this up here. So Andy uh, it's 
Chrisman or Christman, sorry, Andy, I'm probably saying your last name wrong. We need to know CU has experience with a mobile quarterback. I totally agree, but that guy's not around right now. And I, Luke Getze has proven that he isn't the guy. So why not give an opportunity like to, to someone like Janoko who, you know what? Maybe he's not great right out of the gates. And Brennan, you're right. It could get worse, but they're one in five, right? This, I, I, as much as you are frustrated by the fact that, that we are playing for the draft already and we don't want to be that. And I don't want to be that. I don't think it, it's not fun podcasting about a one in five football team. It's really, really not right. Put, I know you all the work and effort that you put into writing for the Chicago bears. I know it's way more fun when the Chicago bears are winning as opposed to when they're one in five. Am I, am I wrong in that? No, it is way more fun. And any, <laughs> let me just say this, anybody who comes after, and I know I'm not traditional media, but anybody who comes after the media saying everybody just wants to be negative and, you know, just write about the negative things. They want the bears to be bad. Bullshit. It's so much better when the team is winning because people are excited. There's good things to write about. You can only say the team is bad. Changes need to happen so many times before it just doesn't mean anything anymore. Except Dan Witterer. <laughs> so, one one last thing. Luke Getze has signed a contract. When he is relieved of his duties as he should be, he still gets paid through the end of his contract, right? Like that's, that's part of being an NFL coach. Like even when you get fired, you still, you still collect a check, right? And, and the McCaskies then have to pay somebody else to do it. I just, why not? Like I, I, I don't can't remember who has said it. It might've been Jack. It, 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 it might've been Brendan. I'm sorry. I, whoever it is, shake things up. It is time. It is time to try something different, truly different, get somebody else to do it. I mean, I don't know if there's a position coach on the defense that says, Hey, you know what? I, maybe I'm not calling plays, but I want to like throw something in there or Hightower, right? We talked about it. What? Two weeks ago, whatever someone, because this current way of doing things is not working. They're very, very bad at it. It's time to change it up. As much as it sucks, Jack, I agree. Like, I don't want to give up. I don't want to start again. I hate starting again. We're the freaking Detroit Lions, man. It's awful, but we got to do something different to win some football games because this shit is not working. To me, the the the, the death knell to me, I, I don't know as if I've ever seen anything like it, second and one and, and three straight wide receiver screens. I I <laughs> I still kind of can't believe it, to be honest with you. I, I stood up and walked away, and I just thought – so to me, if if you're revealing what it is that is a part of the inadequacy that is Luke Getze, it is, it is epitomized in that sequence. It's one of the worst sequences I think I have maybe ever seen at any level in any NFL like, ever. Um and to and what do you have to lose at that particular time? You're telling me that your backup quarterback is incapable of throwing it down the field. You can't call a hitch, a curl, a slant, a crossing route. You like what? What actually? I mean that that should be asked directly, and there should be a response given that has a, a shred of validity to it. Or, or I am a hundred percent, like a hundred percent out on that guy because that is inexcusable. Inexcusable. If you don't trust your quarterback to make that pass, 
your backup quarterback, if you don't think he's capable of making that pass, that's an indictment on the staff. Mm -hmm. You have not gotten your backup quarterback to the point where you feel comfortable in a second and one throwing anything more than screen passes. What are you doing in practice? What are you, you, you have felt confident enough to make this undrafted free agent, your backup quarterback, and you don't trust him to make that throw. What, what are we doing? And then we go see, we see PJ didn't help PJ Walker, uh, won a game against the Niners. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Role. Um, of course, but you know, I, I today, today, a little bit off topic, but it was like the first strong feeling I had that a total house cleaning is coming at the end. And I mean, like QB included, it felt, and I know we got the news that it was just a dislocated thumb and he popped it back into place, but you don't know what kind of ligament damage there may be. He was unable to grip a football. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but if it's, you know, more than a few weeks, you just kind of get the sense that this may be the last we see of Justin Fields. Um, Am I, am I, am I stealing some thunder, Ryan? It's okay. Since you already set it up, let's, 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 we're, we're going true false apparently uh, early and often today. So uh, true or false, Justin Fields has played his last snap for the Chicago bears. Sheldon, you already set it up. So let's just keep this order going. So let's go shells, Jack, Brendan, and I'll finish it up. Justin Fields, true or false. Justin Fields has played his last snap for the Chicago bears. I I think it it just depends on how bad that injury is. I think if it, if he's able to bounce back in a couple of weeks, I think, he comes back in and he's, he's the unquestionable starter. Um, but if it's a significant injury and it takes him through, you know, week 14, 15, 16, then yeah, I, I think this is it. Uh, Cause I don't see them bringing the staff back at this point. And if you're not bringing the staff back and you're Ryan polls, you're going to hit your wagon to your own star for better or worse, whether you think, you know, you're, you're going to want your guy. Um, and, and I just, I, I don't see the staff coming back and I don't see Justin Fields coming back. I see if, if polls gets a chance to keep his job, I think he's going to want for his own sake and for the benefit of saying like, I need my guy in there as the quarterback, he's going to make a fresh start. And so um, depending on the extent of the injury, I, I think, yes, this absolutely could be, but if it's something that he can bounce back from in a few weeks, and there's no ligament damage. The MRI tomorrow shows, you know, uh, no significant damage. Then I think he comes back this year because um, <laughs> as bad as they are, he gives the team the best chance to win. Uh, I mean, I, I I get the love for Bajan, but let's let's just settle down a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> he needs a lot of work. He needs a lot more reps before he's ready to take over as a starting quarterback, uh, especially when a team is now going to scheme for him specifically uh, for an entire week. So if he does have to start next week, he's going to have to go up against that as well. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm similar in that. I would say barring a season ending injury, it's, it's false. If he's capable of playing healthy enough to play, he will continue to play. Uh, and I, it, you know, it's it just, it is really because even the play that, you know, he got hurt on, was unfortunate and not a really great decision and just was this um, unfortunate throwback to some of his previous poor performances. I know this is like kind of separate from the question, but it was really, you know, kind of how we got hurt. Even that was um, just, I I thought based on some really poor decision-making and bad play. And, and, And it was just surprising after last week. 
when he played so well to see him play so poorly? My answer is false. My answer is false too. And yeah, you're right, Jack. Like he was throwing the ball away. He was making those clear cut decisions right away. This time he was trying to dance, make something happen. And yeah, just he was trying to avoid a sack and making that last flip at the last second. And yeah, it cost him, it cost him his thumb. Apparently. Um, I don't, I'm not going to try to pretend I know how much like a dislocated thumb hurts how much the ligament damage would be. I mean, you know, credit to him for trying to come back in. First of all, I mean, like, you know, guys like Jay Cutler and Justin Fields, you can talk about them, you can talk about their play, but man, they're tough sons of bitches. So that's awesome to see at least. Um, but yeah, like if this knocks him out for, let's say like four to five weeks and that may be on the concert, like uh, more severe side, I guess, because I think back to Jay Cutler's broken thumb where he was trying to come back in like four weeks, uh, like 12 years ago. That was later on in the season. He might've been able to come back at the end. I still think there's more than enough time for him to play. And I think this coaching staff and this team, assuming they're here, which who knows, but I still think for better or for worse, they're going to be here that they're going to give him the chance to finish out the season and then go from there. Um, But yeah, I just don't see them. I I don't see them benching him or like even trying to play it that conservative because he he's also playing for a job next year. He needs to, you know, get as many good reps out there as possible. And I think if you did pull pull what other coaches have done and kind of bench him in favor for somebody else, you completely lose the locker room and any credibility going forward. So I just can't see that happening. Justin Fields is the most talented quarterback in that room, but I I would be lying to everybody if I didn't say that, that I wasn't a little bit excited to see what Beijing can do. Um, I think he's got really good movement in the pocket. I think he proved that in, in, in this game uh, minus just a really awful, terrible throw that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have been done. Don't forget the fumble. Yeah, no doubt. But, but that's, is, is that offensive line or is that him? You know what I mean? Like, we're used to quarterbacks like turning over the football here in Chicago. And so, you know, I, I would like to see what Bajant could do with a full week of preparation. He's not running the scout team. You know, he's uh, actually getting an opportunity with receivers to, to game plan, um, getting some snaps and stuff like that. I want I want to see what he can do. I don't know if that makes me a terrible person. You know, I I'm not burning my Justin Fields Jersey. I'm not, you know, tearing uh, apart my Justin Fields t-shirt. Uh, but I, but I am kind of curious to, to see what this kid can do. I, I think it's false. I don't think Justin Fields is done in Chicago. I hope he's not done in Chicago. I like him. I want to see him do well. Uh, but, but I, I'm anxious to see what Bajan can do with, with at least a week or two. Ryan Dangle Ryan, wants to bench Justin Fields. Hold on. And send. Okay. Sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> do you, do you have another true false? Cause I, I, I've got something for you guys, but I don't want to steal any more thunder. Dude, we don't have to go in any particular order. I, th- that one's gone for a second. Um, I just, so you know, Brennan, somebody just, you know, someone made a comment a while back about me and just how much I hate Justin. I don't, I don't, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm Patrick Sheldon talking about one of the the top five tight ends in the league right now. All right. We're not doing that. (laughs) We're not doing that. (laughs) I I just wanted to see his face. I just wanted to see his face. I see another Um, screen to Cole commit. 
Okay, um, but I do, I do have one more shells. Is that okay? I think this one will yeah. go a little bit quicker, and then yeah. and then it's the floor is yours. Okay, so boys, true or false? Ryan Poles is a large reason for the Bears one and five start this season. Same order: shells, Jack, Brennan, and I will finish it up. Oh, a large reason. He's he's a reason. I don't know that he's the main reason. Uh, but if we're if we're divvying out blame. I probably put uh, Flus and Getze like neck and neck for the most blame, but Poles is Poles is close. Um, I, I I I don't know. I struggle with this one because he, I don't think he did his offensive line moves did not work out. I think he he if the folks that he brought in were good enough and healthy enough and. Um, you know, did the things I think he thought they would do when they came in. I, I think he would have been okay, but his issue was his poor valuation of who he brought in. Uh, but I think his draft picks by and large are starting to flash pretty well. Uh, I like a lot of the things that I'm seeing. So I think he's given the team some talent, especially on the offensive end. I mean, you can't argue that the offensive side of the ball didn't get a huge infusion of talent this year. Um, but they haven't done anything with it. And so that's why I go back to more placing the blame on the coaches for not getting the talent to a place where they're better than they were in a, in a tank season. Um, but certainly polls has uh, his share of the blame. And, and uh, you know, I, if you ask me today, if he, if he's here next season, I honestly think that's a toss up. I, I'm so intrigued to see how much weight Kevin Warren has in that, in that, um, in that room and what he wants to do, because, you know, we talked about it a lot, but like, it may just make sense to start clean and fresh and completely start over with a whole new, uh, hierarchy. Um, so I, I will say he is, he is a large reason, but I don't think he's the main or the only reason or the, even the biggest reason. I will say true as well, but uh, I'm not out on polls. And I would say two shells. I I think there's a 0% chance that polls gets fired. I think there's a 100% chance he will be back next year. He's, he's buying the groceries, so he does own a large part. He's not cooking the meals, uh, and the meals are, are being prepared uh, incredibly poorly. Uh, I think, as we've seen, I think I'm not out on polls, and I'm not out on the rebuild. I think there are still um, infinitely more elements of the decisions that polls has made, from free agency to the draft uh, to um, you know uh, hoarding draft picks. Uh, I just I, I think he's making moves that professional uh, GMs make. Uh, the rebuild has been um, behind schedule, uh, without a doubt. But um, you know, even though I'm saying true, I'm not on po- I'm not out on polls, and I'm not out on this rebuild. I'll say true as well. Um, he has to be. I mean, for God's sakes, they won four games going back to last season. And I know you want to start. You want to talk about the one and five start. That's still on him. For somebody who did not build, especially I'll say the defensive line more than the offensive line, because I think the offensive line can work. It is improved, but there's still issues there. I mean, it's still hard for this team to get pressure on the quarterback. You can't rush for with 
this scheme that Matt Eberflus wants to run, he's having to get more creative now. And because there's a lack of three technique and, you know, you're only seeing impact play out of Andrew Billings of all people. I think that's impacted the defense going back. Um, and, and we'll talk about the draft picks for a little bit. Yeah. Some of them have started to hit this year. I think Javon Dexter, Zach, Zach Pickens had, had a decent day today. He started to look better. Javon Dexter has been coming on as of late Darnell Wright, didn't have a great day today, but he's had a good season thus far. Last season's draft class, Dangle, you're going to like this. Um, I'm starting to uh, get concerned about our guy, Jaquan Brisker, because I just don't see him as that impact player. He's not making those impact plays at safety at that you could have gotten somebody else in the second round to make more impact plays. I just don't see it. Um, I know he's been banged up a little bit. But he's just he's kind of a guy right now. And I think for a second round draft pick in your first draft, that's not good enough with some of the talent that was still there. I, I'm not saying he's a bust by any means. I'm just saying I need to see more. So a lot of those guys, you've kind of haven't seen them develop yet. And that's hurt this team. Uh, the free agents that they've gotten, Trey Edmonds and TJ Edwards, finally had good games. But it took so long because the pressure just wasn't there. And, you know, we're almost uh, we're well into the season. That's not good enough. They needed to have better games. So, um, yeah, he's not the reason, but he's a big reason because he's the architect of this team. Yeah. Right or wrong, he's put it together. And the gro- like you said, he's the one who buys the groceries. Sometimes the groceries are bad. And I think at times this coaching staff just can't work with what they've had. So, um yeah, he, he's he's a large reason. I don't think it gets fired either. I don't think the McCaskies want to make tons of tons of changes like that. Um, and I, unfortunately, I don't know if they're going to give Kevin Warren that authority. I just I question it. True. I I just man, you know, some of those things that I was thinking. Okay, he's smart. He's he's frugal in in the best ways possible. He is the antithesis of Ryan Pace. He's saving money instead of spending money, but they're just, there's a couple things. You needed a three technique. You needed a center. You, you know, you needed other pieces that he just said, oh, I'm not going to spend over this, you know, cause it's not that part of the rebuild, but it's just, it's falling apart because you weren't willing to spend a little bit more money than you wanted to. And, you know, I, I don't know guys. Like I, I hear what you're saying. Like, that he that he might still be around, but honestly, if he's gone next year, I don't know that I feel I don't I don't know that I feel terrible about it. I, I think I I get the sense that Kevin Warren is assessing the situation, going, you know, he had some good draft picks and some not so good draft picks, but but then do you have a GM hire a new head coach? And then you, and then you're in a in a situation where maybe that head coach doesn't work out, or maybe he does work out. He doesn't like the GM, and you're and you're you're hiring GMs and head coaches on different schedules. Do you know understand what I'm saying? Like I see it, yeah. it could be just a hot mess, and I don't know, man. I, I. When is this team whole- got it right though? When when have they actually gone through the proper process? Like tell me, like it's not. I just question that it's going to happen because it never happens. Lovey Smith. I mean, sure, yeah, but, but even but even then, he couldn't get his offensive coordinator right. So yeah, so there you go. Well, you didn't yeah. like to So I think I where I realized I screwed up was looking at Ryan Poles' moves in the context of him 
believing with his whole heart that Justin Fields is the guy. And so I think I gave him a little bit more grace in the offseason because I thought this would be a multiple year thing with Fields at the helm. But as as I'm thinking back to if I'm putting myself back in that offseason now, I'm going, oh, shit. He never really thought Fields was the guy. And maybe this whole time was about setting up the rebuild for next year. Um, And if he struck gold with Fields, great. And he's no worse for the wear, right? He's not going to come out and say Fields isn't this guy. But if he proves he is, then now he's got a boatload of first-round picks and he can move on with Fields. And if Fields isn't the guy, he's got a boatload of first-round picks. So I think he hedged well. So that may all sort of way in favor of him coming back. Like maybe this was the plan, but I really, I, I agree with you, Jack. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's out. I think it really comes down to me in terms of how much pull Kevin Warren has, because if Kevin Warren's out in the room, I think polls easily can pull a Ryan pace and go, Hey, look, you know, this wasn't my quarterback. Uh, I kind of, you know, if I can go pick my head coach, I don't, you know, there's all the, crap about whether he had full autonomy. I know some folks that think he absolutely did, but you know, there's just like a lot of, I feel like he could have bamboozled the McCaskies with Kevin Warren in there. I don't know how he thinks if he's on board with polls, he's definitely back, but it'll be interesting to see if, if Warren gets uh full autonomy and he's out on polls, what does that mean? Right. Um, I don't know. Shells, you had a question for us. I did. Well, you know, we were talking because we were talking about fields and, you know, just some of the struggles. I think you guys talked about some of the things that um, Jack, I think you may have said it on the the play where he got injured. We're sort of reverting back to some of the things that we've seen in the past, uh, remind us of some of his poor performances. And so I just want to read you the scouting report and I want to get your reactions. Uh, So these are under weaknesses. Struggle to play within the offense's timing, sometimes due to poor blocking and other times because he wanted to extend the play for bigger opportunities. Must find a better balance when the game flow calls for it. Prone to getting happy feet and breaking out of the pocket before it's necessary. Can find better balance between being a playmaker and taking the easier throw to extend drives. This can become a bigger weakness due to a lack of anticipation or pre-snap understanding of coverages. What are your thoughts? It's pretty accurate. Yep. I mean, not much has changed. That's the issue. And I don't know. I do wonder, well, we've we've talked about this, but the fact that one regime was allowed to draft a player like this and maybe, maybe they did have a plan for him. It was a bad plan, but the fact that like one regime was convinced that this was going to be the guy to take them to the next level. They can mold them in themselves to move off of that after one year and then saddle another regime and say, okay, you got to make this work somehow. Like he's here now and we just got to figure out how this works. Like you need to kind of coach some of these areas out of him. And it it just, it goes back to process. The process is completely backwards. Um, Part of me does, Okay, am I as am I just a sick individual for saying that part of me wonders what Justin Fields would have looked like if Matt Nagy had him for three years? Yes, like you're sick and yes, I just yes. kind of want it. I don't know because like Pace and Nagy clearly had. I trust Matt Nagy's evaluation on quarterbacks. I don't necessarily trust his That's coaching. Fair. 
but it's fair. I just kind of wonder, like, I wonder if this, the pace regime were to actually see this through what that would look like. I'm not saying it would be good. I'm not saying it would be bad. And I don't think they should have played him as early as they did, but I just wonder once in a while, like what this would have looked like with one regime that envisioned this quarterback being their, their franchise guy going forward Um, because this, they couldn't figure it out in year one, which cost them their jobs. And now this new regime still can't figure it out consistently at least. And now we're just seeing those same attributes um, and like issues with this game continue to pop up in year three. It's way too late for that to happen. Can I ask you guys one more question? Would any of you be surprised if I told you that was not Justin Fields? Oh, you were going to – you, Caleb Williams, you did it. I, <laughs> I I almost said, I was like, this is Caleb Williams, isn't it? But I was like, I don't think he's going to do that. Oh, wow. That is Caleb Williams' scouting report. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Caleb Dang. did not have a good game this week. Holy crap. If anybody watched that Notre Dame game. It uh, – it, it's yeah. – it, you know, you might have the number one and number two pick. What do you, what do you do with it? You know, are, are we starting again? I don't. It, it, I, I brought that up because it is so Jack, go back to what you said earlier. It's gotta be the right time, the right place, the right situation. You can bring in anybody. It, you know, you can argue all day, whether Caleb Williams is this transcending quarterback and the best prospect since Andrew Luck or whatever. He's really good. I don't think he's like, I don't think he's like, walk on water good i think he's a really good talented quarterback but whoever you bring in whether it's him or may you need the right staff in place to bring him along because there aren't too many quarterbacks that are that come ready to play week one and can go in there and produce and overcome bad coaching uh you know herbert was a guy that that did that right in in year one he had a terrible coach but he still balled out um you know, there aren't too many examples in NFL history where these quarterbacks come out of college in year one. I mean, even home sat. So, like, I, I just – I you can get excited about the number one overall pick, and you can get excited if it, Caleb Williams is the guy, but what what's more important to me is who they hire to bring that guy along because they're going to come with their warts. They're going to come with their issues. They're going to come with their weaknesses, and they all have to be developed. <clears throat> Just, just, I saw it coming. Well done. Well done. I'm just kind of trying to think to myself, you know, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. There's only one, you know, um, uh, Alan, I, the ideal here is to have um, a pocket passer that is uh, elite, that has, um, you know, next level vision, uh, can uh, sense the pocket, can step up into the pocket, can uh, use his eyes to manipulate defenders who can throw people open. And I think there's this, this new kind of uh, trend in the NFL to have this secondary athleticism that allows for mobility. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts. But you saw you know, uh, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson struggle mightily today as well too so i i I guess i'm just kind of thinking out loud a little bit and that ultimately um it it seems as though there is one consistent thing uh and it's the first thing that i said is that 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 quarterback that you hope to get 
uh, has clearly proven uh, abilities um, to be in the pocket and deliver the football exceedingly well. Um, and, you know, that's it's clearly something that Fields has struggled with from the onset. He has shown occasional flashes of being able to do it, um, but I think has also shown in a game like today that his ability to adapt uh, when all of a sudden the pressure isn't um, what was expected or the coverage isn't what was expected, um, it, it seems like it's kind of got to be perfect for him um, to be able to be able to do that five-step drop stand in the pocket and deliver the way the really great quarterbacks do. So, um, yeah, I just, man, that's, that's, that's Caleb Williams. It's interesting because because like to your point, Jack, Caleb Williams is the, the more talented quarterback. He's the more athletic quarterback. So if you think as a coaching staff, you can get him to be the processor that you need him to be, he's the unequivocal number one choice, right? He's gotta be. Right. But if you're not sure you can get – that's what I'm saying. Like you need the coach to bring him along. You need the Andy Reid to bring along the Patrick Mahomes. Right. Caleb Williams is uber talented. I don't doubt that for a second. But you need to get him to be the processor that he has to be to play in the NFL. Drake May is probably ahead of him in that regard. Not probably. I, I think he is ahead of him in that regard from a, a passing standpoint. But he doesn't. he's got a ceiling athletically. He's not going to be – he's not going to come with the the dynamic play that Caleb Williams comes with. So it really is about what do you think your coaching staff can do? Can they, can they coach that up? Right. Or do you want the, the guy who is maybe a more polished passer, um, but is capped athletically. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's going to be really interesting to see what the Bears do. I almost kind of hope that they get the second pick. Cause I'm so afraid they're going to F it up. If they get the third, the top pick, like then they can fall back on well the second pick and uh we got what we got but i just don't trust them to get it right i don't like, not, not only are they not going to get it right depending on what whatever the pick is is if they did have the guy are they going to develop him right like, you know we've talked yeah, about this endlessly no but if, if mahomes if mahomes was here he would still be a good quarterback like there, there's no he'd be the best bears quarterback ever but i don't think he's patrick mahomes like the one that we know and see all the time i don't trust this staff to to get the next head coach right they continually hire the wrong guy they've done it over and over and over again and they can't develop players they 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 just they just don't and jack i know like you 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 were you were you had me so convinced at the end of se- last season especially in, in the defensive backfield like specifically that they were taking guys off the street and showing them this is how you play right and they were teaching them good technique and you know what maybe matt eberflus could still be a very good defensive backs coach but i don't trust this guy to develop a quarterback and i know that's not necessarily his job per se but as a head coach, I don't see anyone in this staff putting these guys in the best position. I just don't see it happening. Boys, is it possible? Can we do the fastest round of the outhouse in the penthouse we've ever done? Is it? Can we, can we make it happen? Yes. Yeah. All right. So it is time for the outhouse and the penthouse. The outhouse and the penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Now, We know he's been working to expand his real estate services to now include commercial properties and folks, he has been killing it. 
doesn't matter if you're a business owner, a homeowner, or an investor. If you're looking to buy or sell or lease commercial or residential properties, Jeff is your guy. Call or text Jeff Cadwalder with SVN Landmark today at 630-254-4734. Visit Geneva Jeff. I mean, if you're thinking about, you know what? I don't love my job and I may be that small business, but, but I, I wouldn't know where to start. Text Jeff. You're thinking, well, I know interest rates aren't exactly where they should be. Text Jeff, 630-254-4734. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys that Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello. All right, as fast as possible, because the Bears lost, it is time for the outhouse. Let's go, Shells, Jack, Brendan, and I will finish up. Same order, boys. Uh, the Bears' snapping abilities, It's their centers are terrible, right? The, the Army, uh, the logisticians' motto is nothing happens until something moves, and the Bear center cannot move the football to the quarterback to begin the play. It's mind-boggling. I don't know how we still do it. Uh, clearly mentioned previously a lot, uh, Luke Getze is in my outhouse. I'll go off the beaten path, and I'll just say Valus Jones. He does one job, and he can't even do that. Feel the kickoff cleanly. So what do you do here, Valus Jones? Why is he still here? Uh, screens. Stop it. Stop it. Stop throwing screens. You're not good at it, and you keep doing it. Stop it. Boys, penthouse. Run game, maybe? Look good at times? There are portions of the game the run game was in the penthouse. I'll say that. I'm going to go with my special teams kick again. Um, I think, uh, is guys, is Carlos Santos perfect on the year? Did You did not call him Carlos Santos. Oh, sorry. Cairo. Cairo. Boo! Boo this man. You just turned I into thought you were doing Fox. a John Fox bit. I thought <laughs> you were doing a John Fox bit. Well, you know, Carlos Santos in our <laughs> You know me and my concussed brain, guys. Sometimes oh, it's all, always the guys with gray hair, you know? <laughs> oh, Is he perfect on the air? I think so. Uh, I don't know. He's, close to it. he's had a he's had a good season. Yeah. He's had a so good he was season. two for two. Uh, Gill had a a really nice uh, inside the twenty, inside the ten, inside the five um, punt. Um, and I think you know uh, Trent Taylor's been just fine as a punt returner. Uh, the linebackers came to play, and I love that on a day that they honor Dick Butkus with all the patches and uh, pageantry and everything. Oh. Uh, real quickly, TJ Edwards led the team, eight tackles, seven of which solo, one sack. He also should have had a fumble recovery. He was inbounds. It's BS. Total BS. Terrible, terrible call. I thought it was a great heads-up play, though. Um, and he created the interception or the fumble that went to Tremaine Edmonds, who also had six tackles. He had a pass defense, and then, of course, that uh, that scoop up. And then Jack Sanborn, eight tackles, one tackle for loss. He was he was creating pressure. He created uh, tons of uh, terrible situations for Kirk Cousins. All three of those guys balled the hell out on Sunday. It was awesome to see. I'm going to say the long balls. There were only two of them, really. So DJ Moore's 24-yard reception in the middle got rocked just rocked and held onto the football and Darnell Mooney. I mean, just not good last week. Uh, that 39 yard reception was, was mwah, chef's kiss. Um, and so that was just fun to see do more of that, run the football more and throw the ball down the field more. Stop screening. Have I mentioned how much I hate the freaking screens oh, boys? Anything? Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, anything that we missed boys, anything that we missed, same order. Was that, was that your nickname in high school, Ryan? Long balls, sir. <laughs> what? 
What? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm trying. I'm trying to just. I'm trying to end the night on a funny note because uh, I watched like two hours of a Bears game. I'm so mad. I had a great follow up for that, but I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> Is it because my last Green name? Room. Is that it? No, Ryan. No, not at all. Green room. Yeah, I never, never got made fun of as a kid because of my I know that's why I said I wasn't going to do it. Never. <laughs> Was there a nugget in there? Or we no, no, no. Let's nope. let's. What's in Cindy's shoe? It's Ryan's dangle. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Okay, let's go. Let's keep going. Next song. Right. I no, I don't have anything else. Okay. Um, wait. Uh, is it right? Like, let me butcher another name. Was it Robert Smith in the in the booth today? Is that was name? He was a good Viking. Yeah, that was him. Boy, the fine tooth comb joke. That was just Oof. looking awful. Oh, sorry. It was, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, the fact that he repeated it, I was like, it's not even a good cringe-worthy dad joke, bruh. Like, that's just awful. Oh. I didn't have a Robert Smith joke as the one thing that would give Jack to the F word on this show. I didn't. <laughs> never would have guessed it. We used to be family-ish. You know, now I got to put a, a a warning on this. Sorry. Whatever it is. I had to beep it out. <laughs> yeah. Usually I'm, I'm not going through it. Usually I'm the one yeah. complaining about announcements. I'm not editing. I'm not editing. <laughs> just let it go. Just let it go. Can I, I just, can I just say, this lives rent-free in my head, speaking of announcer jokes that fall flat. Uh, maybe this one didn't because it just continues to live there. Years ago when the Bears were playing the Bucks, when Cameron Brate scored a touchdown and one of the announcers said, make Cameron Brate again. I'm just like, what the actual hell was that? <laughs> and I every every time I see him's name, I remember that terrible, terrible joke. I can't remember who made it. But um, anyway, uh, look, the run game. Could have worked a lot better. I don't understand why Deontay Foreman only got 15 carries in a close game. He had 65 yards. He was bouncing off the tacklers. He was rarely going down on first contact. I thought he played very, very well for a guy who was pretty much the only guy out there. I don't understand why uh, Darrington Edmonds got so many snaps. Maybe he was a little bit better in pass pro. I think uh, Deontay Foreman would have been better. Um, And guys, can we talk about that Tyler Scott catch? that Tyson Bajant made where he's streaking back. And like, that is not, that's a trust throw right there. Like I trust you to bust your ass back to catch this ball. That was unbelievable. Like that's some, you know, backyard BS. Um, that's two guys who have worked a lot together, I think in, uh, in reps. And it was really cool that, I, I don't know. It, it was just unbelievable to see. It, it just looked like something out of like backyard football. So uh, that was fun. I know why Foreman didn't get more carries, by the way. Why? Because I, I picked him up on my fantasy team. Uh, same. 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 And the Bears yep. said, nope, <laughs> not this week, awesome. buddy. Yeah. No, uh, there's nothing that Valus Jones does that Tyler Scott couldn't do. So I, why is Valus taking up a roster spot? I don't understand it. I just, you know, uh, he, he had some good plays today. He did. You have to give him credit where credit is due, but I think Tyler Scott could do all that, and I think Valus is taking up a roster spot when he doesn't need to be. Uh, just to confirm, Cairo Santos is 100% uh, percent this season, which is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, you just end with field goals and extra points as it How is Carlos? written. How's Carlos doing? 
Carlos has actually been struggling yeah. a little bit with that. Okay. So, but, yeah. but Cairo, Cairo Santos has been doing pretty, pretty well. Um, other than that, boys, you know, I do think you got to give it to Foreman and uh, Darrington Evans for getting signed, you know, or, or not playing and then all of a sudden being thrust into that position. But Luke Getze doesn't like to run the football. He'd rather run a screen. Um, and so you just, you got guys that can run the football. This offensive line isn't great, but it, but it can run block just like last season. But for some reason, they're just not doing it. Um, the bears continue to be terrible on third down. Um, I just, you know, they were better today, but there's just, they're just, I wait, are you talking about offense? Deep defense, offense, all of the above. Yes, yes, they were better today, but they're they still were amazing. Not great. They were they they converted. The Vikings were two of thirteen. That, okay, they sorry, were, sorry. They put them in really long spots. Like they were, you know. The, that, granted, the second down. I'll downs, take a step back. Yeah. What I was listening to the first half in the car, and so uh, it sounded like like they they were better than they were. So I, I do concede that point. Apologies. Okay. That that was what I was raising my hand for because I was going to mention that their third down efficiency was so much better. They had them in like second and like 16s all day long. Yeah, they held they gave up like um soft plays. They allowed it to be like third and 6, but that's manageable and you know, it's harder for them to go on fourth down. So, yeah, I was very very impressed with that. Cool. I'll shut up. I was wrong. <laughs> Anything else, boys, before we get out of here, before we get to shout-outs? I don't think so. I mean, we covered it all. We solved it. All right. Good. All right. Shout outs, boys. Let's do this. Let's get to shout outs. Same order as last time. Sheldon, Jack Wright, Brennan Shagrew, and I will finish it up. I've, I've got one shout out tonight, a uh, special one to my oldest son. Uh, I'm going to brag on him for a second. He, uh, he's been, he's a baseball player. He's been playing out of his mind. Uh, he found out he was selected for um, an all-star team that he'll go and represent other nine-year-olds uh, represent the state of South Carolina against other nine-year-olds in North Carolina and Georgia. Uh, so we'll be playing a big tournament in November and uh, with the potential moving on to Florida in January, which would be nice. So uh, I want to give him a big shout out. He's been busting his rear end uh, in the backyard, just practicing every night and uh, he deserves it. And I'm really proud of him. So I want to give him a shout out. Super Hell awesome. yeah. Congrats, little shells. That's cool. Um, I'm going to go with the sun theme as well. And, uh, the Sycamore Spartans, uh, are now eight and oh, five and oh, in the conference. Uh, they've got their final game against Morris next week, uh, to go to nine and oh, and then, you know, hopefully go to the playoffs and maybe not get beat by a Catholic school this year. That'd be cool. Um, and, uh, Connor, uh, he, uh, avoided two blockers and had himself uh, a sack of the football, a sack of the quarterback. I wanted to make sure that I didn't say just that he had a sack. Cause that leaves it hanging. Um, so also, um, <laughs> was that on purpose? Cause that was brilliant. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, fun, man. <laughs> uh, I had to ask him to show me the highlight. I was like, Hey Connor, show me your sack of the quarterback. <laughs> I was the type of kid. That I'd be like, all right, dad. Um, Cool's so, gonna be calling Jack soon. <laughs> we used to be a family show. We used to be long time ago. Long time ago. Also, congratulations once again to my niece, uh, formerly known as Jordan Sunberg, who is now 
uh, Jordan Mazar and her husband, Dylan, and to my daughter who was uh, in the wedding as well uh, and just did a, a really fantastic job of showing her love and support for uh, her cousin, Jordan. Very cool. You see what happens, Donnie? You see what happens? This is what happens when you go one in five. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> Uh, I'll keep it with the family theme as well. Shout out to my dog because I don't have kids. <laughs> She's a good dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's a sweet pup. I agree. She she is a sweet girl. Um, she got a lot of energy. But uh, no, I'll shout out my my buddies Brad and Chris. Uh, it was fun hanging with them today. Took us back to you know, like I said, ten years ago and. I smoked both of them in 21. Uh, so it shows I still got it just a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a nice, uh, just kind of relaxing, uh, just being able to go out, shoot some hoops, play some football and just kind of, you know, rid the stink of the bears game off of us. Like we didn't even, we didn't even talk about it. We just kind of like left it at that because we knew it was that bad. We're like, let's just, just have fun. So, uh, yeah, shout out to them. It was, it was fun. Couple quick shout outs. Number one is my wife, uh, who just, our daughter is three weeks old now, and our, our second daughter is three weeks old. And she's just picked up big time to let me do this and do some other things. And so, Kate, I love you very much. Thank you for being an awesome wife. Uh, shout out to Adam Schultz. He is uh, an Australian who also cheers for Port Adelaide, my football team, football club. Uh, but he writes for the Dallas Cowboys. But it's really cool as we've had a couple of interactions over Twitter uh, when the Bears game are, Bears games are on at a time in Australia where they're awake. He'll he'll go back and forth, and it's really cool to see. He knows the game really really well. Uh, guy, I don't know what his name is, but he goes on Twitter by Organics. Uh, that's O R G A N I K Z. Some awesome interactions, and the last one goes to Taylor Dahl. Um, you guys know we've we've had her on the show. She's so good at what she does, and she does this this podcast, Making Monsters. Um, and she did one this week on Greg Stroman Jr. And you know, for two weeks in a row, I, I talked a lot about Greg Stroman Jr. How I wanted to see more playing time for him, and it just was really really cool to hear his story. He was like. Uh, it's like a 120 pounds, like five foot seven or eight, like playing quarterback, um, playing DB. Um, so just, just like an amazing, amazing guy. If you get a chance, go and listen to that episode. It was, it was awesome folks. Thank you. Like just, there are so many bears podcasts. I think I asked these guys in this thread earlier this week. What do we think? Is there, is there a hundred and 150 bears podcasts that are out there? Uh, there's a lot of them and we know that you could get your content anywhere and you've chosen it to get it with us and it, and it does not get lost on us. You can help us out. You can recommend this to a friend. You can subscribe. You can leave a five-star review of wherever you are listening or watching your podcast. Uh, it would help us out tremendously. And uh, despite the bears suckage, we just enjoy hanging out with each other um, and enjoy doing this podcast. So for all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, that's Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, uh, and me. I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so very, very much. And as always, folks, Bear Down Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>